welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. How's your mindset, your attitude? Well, on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we have somebody who has such a great attitude on investing. He says it's fun. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, please take notes. And guys, if you turn this real estate investing into a grind, it will be. But if you make it fun, hear these powerful, amazing wins by our special guest today. Let's enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for subscribing, watching, and sharing the great shows. Today, ladies and gentlemen, from Pennsylvania, we have Corey Ionacone, who is an attorney. That's his regular day, day job. He invests in real estate for fun, he says. But check this out. A parking lot and has almost 60 doors under his name. Welcome to the show, Corey. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm, not, I'm in not so sunny uh, Harrisburg compared to California where you are. Yeah, thank you. I mean, when we're recording this, he's uh, three hours ahead. So he's in the kind of the late evening. So we really, really appreciate your uh, taking the time. Not a problem. If you hear kids running around, they're mine. Okay. Well, hopefully you don't, you don't hear my crazy dog going in the background. There. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually a little puppy. So, right. <laughs> all right. So let's get on with the show. So you went to undergrad you went to jump into law school right away or tell us about kind of your journey. Uh, my journey, just me personally, I'm from Maryland originally. I grew up there in the sticks. I mean, cow country. It was literally cow farm, cow farm, my house, cow farm, cow farm. I ended up going to undergrad in Baltimore for four years. And then straight from Baltimore, I went to law school in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. While I was in Harrisburg, uh, in law school, I got a job at a large law firm, the second largest law firm in central PA. And then they brought me on full time after I graduated law school. So I spent 13 years there, uh, climbed the corporate ladder, became partner, um, just what you do in a law firm. But at that point, uh, there was a group of us in that law firm. We decided to break off and start our own law firm. And that was about three, four years ago. Um, right around that same time, I was dabbling, like you said, for fun in uh, real estate. It was actually a lot of reading I was doing at the time and something just kind of clicked in my head. It was just, I don't know, a different feeling I had. I would have been like 36 at the time. And uh, I just kind of ran with it and it just snowballed into something much larger. It really is. Uh, I do it for fun. It's a hobby. Like I said, my, my full-time job is a lawyer. So that's what I do uh, on a regular basis. But uh, this is when I'm not doing the lawyer thing. It's always, uh, it's always something going on with the real estate side. Okay, great. Now, so are you in litigation or what kind of attorney or law do you practice? I do labor and employment. That's my specialty. Um, I do do general litigation too, but most of it's labor and employment. I'm on the employer side uh, the majority of the time representing employers with uh, discrimination issues, defending against them. Uh, I also deal a lot with unions um, on the employer side, dealing with unions, negotiating collective bargaining agreements, things like that. That's interesting. So it sounds like, you know, most attorneys, that's actually one of the cures I was thinking about um, when I was in my undergrad. And most attorneys are practicing or in, in their office 60 to 80 hours a week. Do you find yourself kind of doing the same kind of hours? 
Uh, well, one thing you said, they're in their office 60, 80 hours a week. Uh, in 2020, where we are currently, it's completely different practicing law than what it was like when my father practiced it in the 80s and 90s. Um, I mean, you literally had to be in the office to do work. Uh, we, I would tell you, I, I'm a lawyer 24-7 around the clock. Um, and it's just, there's always something. My, all my clients have my cell phone. I'll get text messages throughout the night. I've been on calls after midnight, you know, it's just because when things come up, it's like the clock never stops. So we don't really keep an official tally of how much time I mean, we have billable hours too. Um, but I guarantee there's more time that goes into the lawyer thing and not every hour you minute you spend gets recorded as a billable hour. So, I mean, it's, it's, I can't put a number on it, but it's, it's a significant amount. It's a major part of your life. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Given that kind of layout, when is the fun time to invest? Like how many hours a week are you squeezing in for your real estate? It's one of those weird things too, where I don't really tally the hours for the real estate thing. It just kind of happens fluidly. Um, one thing I need to tell you from me, I'm not the person who's, I don't, I've never swung a hammer in one of these places or done any of the work. Um, I have so many, I've, over the last four years, I've built so many relationships with different vendors, contractors, um, other real estate agents, uh, property managers, all these people. And a lot of the stuff I'm doing is just maintaining those relationships and managing people at the same time. Um, I, I think that's what takes up the time, most of it. So over those four years, those teams have really learned what I like to do and how we operate. So most of the stuff runs very smoothly. And they, like, I can tell a contractor, go handle this apartment. They know exactly what goes in there, all the things I typically need. And it's just touching base day to day. Um, I do find myself in the mornings I wake up, I will drive down, stop by some properties on my way into the office, which is, I mean, as far as time-wise, you're talking like, I don't know, a half hour out of the beginning of your day and maybe on the way home, hit it up again. So that's not that bad. And in between, you hit, you answer a few phone calls. A lot of stuff's through text. People just want quick answers. Like, should I use this? And it's a quick yes. Um, I don't know. It's like, I don't keep track of it. I know it does take up time because I'm always thinking about it too, because it excites me. And I'm thinking, oh, what would be a great idea if I did this? Or here might be an opportunity to pursue, or I should really follow up with so-and-so. There's a potential opportunity there too. I love it. I love it. Just answer if I don't track the hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, when you find something that's that you're good at, you're you're having fun, you actually lose track of time and and it's not even work anymore. So I, I love the fact that you said that you build your business, your investment business around people and you're really counting on great people. And that's how you're able to scale it and really not run it without you even being in there and pretty much automate the process. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. And um, I do value every minute I have. And I will tell you on the weekends, I will, I've been known to get up at like two in the morning, maybe three, I will drive to my lawyer office job, right into the actual office there to just knock out work for like seven. It's amazing how efficient I am at like seven, three or two, three o'clock in the morning through seven, because it's so quiet and the whole world is asleep. You know that, and you're so efficient. You just knock everything out. And I really, I, it makes me feel accomplished too for the day. And then I drive home, I'll pick up breakfast for my family on the way home. And by eight o'clock we're eating breakfast there. And I'm like starting my day. It's great. It's exhausting at night. Don't get me wrong by the end. I'm ready to crash. But like, 
it's an adrenaline rush for the whole day because you feel like you've accomplished so much. Wow, that's incredible, Corey. Now, you, where do you get all this energy? Are you working out throughout the day too? Or what's, where are you getting all this energy? I do work out. I feel working out is very important just for my own mental sanity. And just, it really keeps my mind in check. Um, it's funny because it's like, I will wake up during the week at 425, I set my alarm. And then I'll try to get in an hour workout before the day. Anybody's up, my kids are up, my wife's up, anybody just to get the day started. It sucks doing it, honestly. Like when I first started doing it, it was very hard. And I quite frankly failed. I didn't be, it worked for a couple, a week or two. And then I was like, I can't do this. But I've got, I've made it into a routine so much that when you do it, you're like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. But when you're done, you feel so great about it. And it totally sets the pace for the entire day. And I just remember that. And it's, it's just showing up and just getting it done. So yeah, definitely working out is very important, I think. Wow, that's awesome, Corey. Now, I think you mentioned your father is or was an attorney as well. Is that correct? Correct. He was. He passed away uh, a while ago. Yeah. How much, uh, I condolences, yeah. how much uh, value or how much of a role model was he on sending that kind of work ethic or discipline around your life? Uh, important. I mean, my parents always had a strong work ethic and which I thought was important. Um, I, that was the reason I went to law school too, was just because it was in the family. Uh, so yeah, that was important. That's great. That's great. So let's talk about this real estate. So last time I checked, you were at 18, you jumped to 59. I mean, what kind of buildings or duplexes or what kind of properties did you buy? Everything. <laughs> all right so you know um let's talk about the specifics eight plex ten plexes what were they so this is all this was at the very beginning of the pandemic it would have been like march uh this is when this all happened um i started with a uh two units that i, I had an opportunity on I, I put that under contract and uh after shopping around a lot of banks this is what really did it for me I found a bank that said, you know what, we're going to loan to you on the um, appraised value. Not only the appraised value, we'll loan to you on the after appraised value and we'll give you all the money up front as long as you can knock out these rehabs. Fortunately, I had enough experience with 18 prior units and rehabbing them. I was like, I know I can knock these out quickly enough. So once the, no other banks would do that, by the way, after that market crash, the majority of banks are saying like, we're going to loan on the lesser of the um, appraised value or contract price for the, the sale price. This bank said, we don't care. So I knew this was a huge opportunity. And so I jumped on that. Um, even better, I got the same appraiser I ended up coming out for like all my properties. And this guy, I just built such a rapport with him. And we walked the entire area that I'm in. And I was pointing out things to him. He wasn't aware about like value and, what the, and things that were changing. I got great value on everything I was buying. So I was going to closing and I was getting checks going to closing. So I started with that two unit, right? And then that turned into, I did a couple, three units after that. We went up to a, um, I did an eight unit that, uh, that, was, that got bigger. And then currently right now, I'm under contract to close next week, the last 16 of them, and including as a nine unit and another six unit. So that's, I basically, I've started with like two units. I feel like I'm slowly scaling up to taking these steps to keep growing to, to something bigger. And I'm, I'm envisioning something bigger down the road at some point in time. That's awesome, Corey. Now we're using the burst strategy or were you just 
you know, syndicating or what were you doing to, you know, build up that portfolio? Yeah. So I'm not syndicating currently. I, I that's on the horizon of things I'm looking at and, and definitely want to do. Um, but the stage I'm at right now, the majority of it is the burst strategy. That's what I did with the first 18 units. Um, I was honestly purchasing them. There's a point where I would go to the closing to purchase them. And with my bank there, I would tell them, please schedule the refinance on these things. Cause my bank didn't have that six month uh, waiting period at all that a lot of banks needed the seasoning period for your money to sit there. They said, no, we'll refinance it. You out as soon as you're done. I said, I know I'm going to knock out this rehab in 30 days. Go ahead and schedule it. And we were knocking these out one, two, three. I was getting my money back out in the 30 days, 45 days. Um, we did that. The most recent ones, though, I didn't have to do that because I was getting the loans based on the after repair value on these uh, these buildings. So it just skipped. It saved me. It was even more efficient because I didn't have to go through a whole refinance, spend more closing costs on that. Rather, I would just get the check up front, use that towards the construction, and I'd be done with it. And now I didn't have to worry about a, an, another appraisal on the refinance end, too. I already knew what the value was going to be. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it worked out. Wow, that's great. That's great. Now, um, long term, what's what's kind of your strategy moving forward? Uh, it's a good question. I know right now, um, just because with the amount I took on uh, since the pandemic, I'm realizing some shortfalls I currently have in my business. It was in my business and the way it runs. Um, initially, it wasn't a big deal because it was smaller on a smaller scale. It was easier for me to do this. We're doing like one rehab at a time. Uh, I found myself in the last couple of months in the middle of nine rehabs at the same time with three different crews working on there. And that's a lot, especially with the, the lawyer job too. And I realized that um, I, I always told myself, I never want to be in a position where this is not fun. And I could definitely sense some stress. It felt like every morning waking up, literally the phone would ring or be a text because there's some crisis. And so it was just like unbelievable. It's like, how can this happen all the time? Um, I mean, I, I roll with the punches. Nothing was, we couldn't, nothing we couldn't get around, but I'm realizing with the 16 units I mentioned are under contract. The first thing I did was I have a property management company already coming in. They're going to start with those 16, most likely take over the rest of my uh, units at some point in time, just so I can, you know, make sure I'm not taking on too much with this. I can step away. The business can run by itself and I can do some more high level things such as you mentioned syndication. Um, that's something where, I would focus my attention more on. Fantastic. Now you also have a parking lot. Could you share with the audience kind of the story on how you acquired it and why do you acquire it? Uh, that's a fun one. Um, so we talked about the burst strategy and doing real estate, you get this. One of the big issues always is, is having cash to do deals, especially if you want to grow a lot um, is finding the capital. So my first couple of deals weren't a big deal. I had enough money for these down payments on these duplexes. But this was the first step where I, I took my next step in growing, where I did a mailer and I got a hit from a woman who said, my, um, you sent this to my mother. She lives uh, in this prime location where I invest on this street. And she lives in, a, she has 50 units in Harrisburg where I invest. And she's moving to North Carolina with her, her daughter, and she needs to get rid of them all. She said she currently lives in a two unit, the street where I invest. Next to it is a three unit she owns. And next to that is a single family that she owns. And next to that's a parking lot. So she owns them all and they're all clear, uh, free and clear. She doesn't have any mortgages on them. So she said, are you interested? I said, yeah. Um, and I said, I'll, I'll take all of them, including the parking lot too. 
And I said, at this point, I literally had no money because uh, it was all tied up in other ones that I'm, I'm rehabbing. And I said, that I, said, I have no money too. So I would need you to finance the deal. And uh, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll finance the deal. Um, I ran some numbers on the park. The, the thing about a parking lot is there's not much to do for this rehab, right? And it's all, it's commercial. So it's all based on the numbers. I looked at what she was renting out uh, for, which I knew was below market rates. And she said, I just don't want to raise the rents. You know, I mean, these are all people who live, I know. And I just don't think that's, but it's like, it's below rents. I, I saw what it was um, worth based on that, but I knew it could be worth so much more. So what I did with the parking lot was uh, I ended up buying that parking lot for, um, I, I knew the, her neighbor had offered 20 for So I said, I'll give you 20. She's like, well, I want 30. So we split the difference. I bought it for 25. Her the leases were going to expire on that parking lot and she wasn't going to renew them for a full year. I said, do not renew them. This is the month where we're going to close. I go, instead, I'm going to pay everybody's rent for that month for, for them to you. So you don't have to worry about that. You're going to get what they would have paid you anyway. And then I'm going to send them new lease agreements. And I did. I reached out to everybody. I said, this is below market rates. Um, and it's going to be, it, the market rate's even higher than what I'm going to charge you, but this is what I think is fair. Everybody said, no, it's absolutely fine. And uh, they paid more. <clears throat> as soon as I closed on that, I literally called the bank right away and said, send an appraiser out with the new leases I did. Uh, and the value, I ran the numbers for the appraiser and I showed the appraiser. It came back at 61000 on mine. The appraiser came back at sixty, which is pretty darn close. And uh, the month after I closed with her, the bank gave me a check for 45. Well, it was 45,000 in um, uh, equity because it was a 75% loan to value they would loan on. So of the 45, 25 went to the seller to pay her off right away. And then uh, 20 was extra just sitting there of equity, which I used towards other rehabs and uh, purchasing more properties. So that wow. one worked out quite, as far as the burst strategy goes, I mean, on a smaller scale, that worked out perfectly. Probably one best deals I've done, especially with not having to put any money into it. Wow. That's great. Congratulations. <laughs> now your market, I'm not super familiar with what are the, you know, going cap rates or what's kind of the going thing about your market? Uh, cap rates or I use 7.7% for cap rates. Um, I, they range. I mean, some people fudge them down a little bit lower. I really haven't seen anything below seven. Um, and they're in the eights too. They could go up towards the eights. Uh, nothing really, really much more higher than that. Um, yeah, that's basically where we're at. The, the area I'm in has seen a lot of revitalization over the last 20 years. Uh, it has had a bad reputation 20 years ago, high crime area, uh, just run down houses. They're gorgeous houses. They're built a hundred years ago, historic district. You know, these are on the river, this big river, Susquehanna river that goes through the town. And uh, about 15 years ago, there was a group of people who started knocking door to door and saying, we want to buy your house and we'll just give you $20,000 cash. They were buying these houses and they were flipping them, the higher end ones. And then they, they sold everybody that this is really a family area, family oriented area now. And it worked. So it's just seen, it's been a completely different area. People don't realize that, but the market is just so hot. I, I don't even list my rentals anymore. People call me asking when the next rehab is going to happen. And these things are rented out. I told you I have nine rehabs right now that we're, we're doing. Yes. <laughs> um, three of them are not complete. Four. Four of them are not complete, but they're already rented out without me have even listing them or anything. It's from word of mouth, people calling me saying, well, I can show you this one, but it's not done. And they're like, we'll take it. 
Wow, that's great. That's great. Now, you said fun a few times. What, what do you think is fun about real estate to you or why do you love it so much? Uh, on the big, bigger scale, more general scale, I think it's just the idea of this growing this business. Like you're creating this little thing. It's like, I view it as like a game for adults almost, like Monopoly for adults. Um, I don't, it, it makes money every month, obviously, but I don't take the money out of it at all. I mean, I view it as completely separate. I love the idea of just leaving it in there and letting it roll and seeing what it, what it can do. And it's like this exciting thing where you're like, well, how big can it get? Um, you start, you do your first duplex. You're like, well, I did, I did a duplex. What else can I do another one? And you do two. You're like, all right, can I do something bigger? Like that deal I told you where it was the, the, the woman I bought the three unit, two unit, single family in the parking lot all at the same time. Like, well, this is a step up. And then doing this uh, 41 units during the pandemic, you're like, whoa, can I handle this? Can I handle nine rehabs at the same time? It, it's taught me really to push myself. Um, and more importantly, for me to understand that limit, any limits out there are only self-imposed. And so I need to think beyond that and not sell myself short ever. So I really just want to kind of see, it's exciting to see how big something can get. I love it. So you're turning it very much like a game and that's the exciting part. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I love, don't get me wrong, I love real estate too. I love the whole idea of turning these places into nice, I mean, to see the finished product of them, you know, and uh, to see people's faces when they go like, wow, this actually is completely different than what it looked like before. I do find that exciting and personally That's cool. satisfying. That's cool. That's cool. Now, any hard lessons, money is lost that you wanted to share with the audience? Like, man, I'll never do that again. Uh, it's interesting because I think a lot of this is like a mindset and in retrospect, thinking back, I told you like during this last couple of months doing like nine rehabs at the same time, it felt like every phone call was a crisis. Um, but I, I've never, people always say like, you talk about your failures. I'm sure I failed so many times, but I've never really focused on the failures. It's always been big picture, like getting through, getting to the finish line. And somebody else asked me about this on a podcast. And I started thinking, I was like, there's plenty of deals where the bird strategy didn't work out perfectly right? But I still love the building, right? It still makes money at the end of the day. I just wasn't able to pull out all my cash or as much cash as I wanted to at the end of the day. So some cash is still sitting in there. Is that a failure? I don't think so because it still works out. And I'm not looking for a get rich quick scheme. This is a long-term play for me. Um, that's on the bigger scale, uh, broader idea of it. But I guess more specifically, I think I've mentioned before, the biggest issue I'm noticing right now is I have teams, but I need to have even a bigger team. And it's more of somebody needs to take my role, like a property manager. Um, maybe it would have been better to foresee that in the beginning, which wasn't my focus. It was kind of, I just want to learn the process, which was important, learning and understanding the process, because I think that will make me better managing a property manager at the end of the day. Um, but I, I think it's making sure you have those systems in place and also never selling yourself short too. I think I did in the beginning because everything seemed intimidating and you really don't realize how big or how fast you can grow. I, every year I write down a number for how many units I'll be at. So at the end of the first year was 10 and I hit 12. The next year was 25. I only hit 18, right? But regardless, I wrote down 50 for this year and I had no idea how I would ever go from 18 to 15, it was absurd, right? And there was no plan in place, but I wrote it down. 
but the power of writing something down and literally just having it sit in front of you every day, I think mentally it's a weird thing. It's like some, something happens in the universe and it happens. I can't describe it, but write those things down, you know, and, and look at it every day and something magical will happen. Corey, I love that. Now, you're, you've got a great attitude, great mindset. Do you like read any particular books? Do you meditate? Do you have any kind of miracle morning that's part of your regimen? Uh, that book I've read, uh, which is a great book, Miracle Morning. Um, I assume you've read it too. Uh, yes. I think that, that started the whole 425 waking up in the morning. Honestly, that was the reason I did it. And it was two years ago. I remember it was like New Year's Day two years ago. I was like, I'm going to do this. It lasted two weeks. I failed at that. But uh, as of this year, 2020, and even 2019 is when I started, and it's become a ritual. Uh, almost every single morning up by 4.30 to work out. Um, that's a great book. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, all of his stuff is great. Obviously, that was the Rich Dad Poor Dad was the book that I read that really changed my mindset. Um, and there's just so many good books out there. I, I mentioned on other podcasts that I had read uh, the, the Code of the Extraordinary Mind, which was, mm. I thought, a great book. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know if it's that popular, but I got it at the, at the uh, airport and read it on the plane. And it just talks about the whole idea that we, we hear about these rules in life and we just automatically accept them and say, well, that's just what it has to be. But instead, we should really be challenging those rules and questioning everything because these rules are just BS at the end of the day. And they just put, we're putting limits on ourselves that don't have to be there. So I, I think that's... Um, no, 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 you, you read a lot of things that uh, I guess does part, play into your life. And I'm a big, big reader as well. Uh, that book I never read, the one you just mentioned, uh, there's a book I'm studying right now is Principles with Ray Dalio. And I'm really, really getting into that. There's so many great advice and words of wisdom in that one. I would definitely recommend you pick up a copy of that one. Um, any other piece or words of wisdom you wanted to share with the audience? Any closing words? Uh, closing words and something I've told other people. I think people in life in general just need to focus on their self first. And I know it sounds very like self-motivated and like conceited, but it's like, it's really not at the end of the day, because if you focus on yourself and make yourself a better person and you turn yourself into being a happier person, I feel like that makes me into a better father for my kids, you know, husband to my wife, son to my mother. Um, and I feel like in general, it just makes the world a better place. And I don't think enough people do that. And instead of focusing on themselves, they end up with a negative attitude in life. And I think it kills a lot of those relationships. And it also limits them in what they can do, what they're possible of doing. I, I honestly believe, it sounds a little crazy, that everybody is born with like this extraordinary ability. It's just deep down in them. And they have to, to find it at the end of the day. And it's only 1% of us that will really spend the time to really find out what is truly great about us and what makes us great to this world that's so i think powerful. that's what we should spend our time focusing on that is powerful Corey. thank you so much that i believe in that you know every yeah. day you could be a better version of you and if you just say hey i'm going to improve one percent one percent one percent that one percent starts to add up and next thing you know you won't even recognize recognize yourself you know so that's very very incredible Corey. best way to get a hold of you 
for real estate, I'm on bigger pockets. Um, best way to connect with me. That's usually where I do most of my real estate stuff. So it's uh, just find me on bigger pockets. All right. You're the man, Corey. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Thanks so much for being on the show and we wish you well. All right. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate you having me. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on making a comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Flex with a Plex, or make it a comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to JoeMendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.